Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey everybody, what's happening? It is going off track. You are somewhere in your car mowing the lawn or hanging out on the subway listening to the dulcet tones of myself, Stephen. Jonah. Look at that. Brad. I'm gesturing and then they're each going off. Hey everybody, thanks for um, being very patient with me. I haven't been here in a while and I couldn't be happier to return to this beautiful non-smelling recording booth. Non-smelling because Brad refuses to let people smoke or burn incense or light candles and that's pretty... Or fart. See, that's the hard part. Actually, this is the fart room. If there's nobody in here, Ben or I will come in here and... (laughs) Really? I don't know. I'm just making that launch up. it up. You know, it's funny. When I was in college, um, my roommate, a wonderful gentleman who teaches at Boston University named Kevin Barrents. Hi, Kevin. I love you. Uh, he is the guy, and we all know one, who farts just like you're talking. He'll just fart and, and just doesn't care. Right. So <laughs> he, he married um, my friend Brandy. They've been together since they were 16. So while we were in college... You know, his girlfriend was another school, so he didn't give a shit. So whenever I brought a girl back to my dorm, which was not often because I have no game, <laughs> he would strip down to his boxers and fart. And then <laughs> then he would go, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. I can't believe this happened. Then make the girl sympathize with him. <laughs> it's okay. That happens. He's like, I'm just, I feel so bad. <laughs> and I'm like, do not give him a fucking inch. He's being an asshole <laughs> to fuck with me. And, the, and I enjoy it. I'm actually thrilled he's doing this. It's really funny. So one time I was dating this girl and we were living in an apartment together. And every time he would fart, he would go open the screen door and just stick his ass out the window. That's uh, just nice. In the screen. And all of a sudden he does that. And there's this knock on the door and we open up and the girl's there. And she went, Kevin, why did you fart on me? I was standing right here. And all of a sudden there's your ass. And I was like, yeah, this is classy. Have you ever done the the headphone fart? Like, you know, like when you're in like a loud movie theater or like outdoors where it's really loud and you never think about farting because you're like, nobody's going to hear it. But have you ever had headphones on and let one rip and then realize, oh, I'm the only one with headphones on? (laughs) Dude, you describe me on the train every day. I take one headphone out and I fart, but I listen to make sure it's not loud enough. There has to be a term for that. There, there definitely has to be <laughs> Wikipedia. Yeah, and it's, and it's like like on, play, but I love it when like you're in a movie theater in a bar. I always thought that was so funny being in a bar, and I'm like talking to a girl or a friend, but in my head, I'm like, we are all just like jamming farts right now. 
And this nobody knows. Hey, I hate to change the subject. <laughs> and by hate, I mean love. Uh, I wanted to promote something really quick. Please. Is that cool? Does it have anything Please. to do with farts? S- sort of. <laughs> uh, my band, United Nations, uh, pre-orders are available for our record. Just All went up. All right. And Dude. we have sold a lot. I think... 300 copies of this box set and i think we have about 300 left so and the box set is insane the box set's insane you can hear more about it on the episode we did with jeremy divine a few weeks back and jeff but uh, some wonderful promotion uh our our good friend dan ozzy from noisy dan wrote some nice things um but yeah so if you go to temporary residences temporary residences (laughs) the temporary residence site uh you can go there and you can pre-order it because i think probably they're going to sell out soon and you'll be bummed if you don't get one. You so, will because this packaging is stupid. So check it out. It comes out July 15th. Even though you put a cassette in it, right? And check out... Yeah, there's a cassette in it. Okay, fine. And check out... I think there's a digital code too, though. Oh, that's nice. Um, and check out the first song, Serious Business on Noisy. Right on. And uh, yeah, that's... It is Serious Business. That's I, my I, thing. I, and I'm not going to talk about it again. I think it's great. And I, I, have, a, I, have, I have something to plug, which deals... Which ties right into this episode. Um, I've been working with a bunch of really cool people for a website called Freak Sugar. And it's just a nerd entertainment site. And we have our first interview for uh, a web series we're going to start called The Freak Show. And that guest is a gentleman by the name of Christy Caracas, who is on today's podcast. Hey! Look at that. If you are a fan of animation, if you watch Adult Swim, then you are aware of Christy's show, Super Jail, starring the wonderful David Wayne and uh, some of the folks' voices of people who work on Venture Brothers. He does a few voices on it. It is a completely insane uh, mind fuck of a cartoon. I'm a huge Adult Swim fan. It's hard to watch, isn't it? I think that may be the most fucked up animated. It's really fucked up. Yeah. I need to see it's it, so dude. Over the top, it's fucking awesome, and it's and like I'm not good with gore, so I can only make it like halfway through an episode. Um, and I was very honest about that with Christy, so it's cool. But if you are an aspiring animator, um, or if you are just into animation, he he drops some like nuggets of animation truths on you. <laughs> Plus, he he started talking about things that. Only if you're a big animation fan are you aware of. And I likened it to listening to Jonah and Jeff Rickley talk about bands. Because you're like, uh, I feel like I should know this, but I don't. But it's like so underground that it just it can't not be cool. So uh, without further ado, Christy Caracas talking about Super Jail. Good dude. <laughs> <Wow>! <laughs> ah, idiot! The safe is too heavy for either of us to carry alone. We're going to have to work together. I don't partner with dumbasses. Hey, it's Brad with a little producer's uh, anecdote here. Stephen was actually here for this podcast. It uh, doesn't sound like it because I screwed up after, um, you know, he was away for a couple weeks and Jonah and I did a couple on our own. He phoned one in. He finally makes it in and I forgot to turn on his mic. So... My apologies here are mainly for him because I feel like a schmuck, but I just wanted to let you know that's why he sounds like he's completely off mic because he is. It's going off It's weird because with Super Jail, you know, when Super Jail came out, I remember we were kind of not worried. We were super psyched about it, but we we're like, is this too weird? But now it's like, 
is it does it dated and look like a 90s show <laughs> like it's it's because you know we grew up on stuff like beavis and butthead and spike and mikes and more kind of indie raw drawings and you know everything's cyclical like when i did this start already <laughs> but like when i got out of college and was looking for work i always liked kind of raw gritty stuff but at the time it was like powderpuff girls and really slick a lot of animation jobs are super i mean beavis and butthead was kind of just ending like my first job was on daria but but even daria like it's not a gritty you know, Susie lewis mm-hmm. or Susie, uh yeah and the news? Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Really you remember Susie? We worked with her at Fuse. Yes. I just saw her. That was her, that was her jam. Yeah. Was oh, yeah. That's right. Well, she, she, um, yeah, she was like the boss when I was like a peon back then. But it was funny because maybe three years ago, cause she had moved out to LA, I think, and she moved back here. And we were at a Christmas, this guy, Tom, this guy, Tom Arsane, used to be the art director on Dari, and he's, he's, he, he has this yearly Christmas party. that's almost like an MTV nineties reunion. Like everyone goes to this. He's in this, he's his apartment is not much bigger than this room. It's like, maybe it's on like Suffolk street or something or Essex. I don't know. It's in the, like the, I don't know what that is. Not the lower East side, but you know, it's in the city old school apartment. Yeah. It's near like, it's, it's right above the, where the pussycat lounge used to be. And, uh, it's like this lesbian bar. It's probably not there anymore either. But none, none of the landmarks are there anymore. It's really. true. But it's true, the, man. Everything you think of that's a cool New York place is gone. Like Mars Bar. Like all these weird, dingy places. Mars Bar was gone. Yeah, Mars Bar has been gone for a couple of years at least. Oh, Motor City ended yeah. last summer. Oh, really? All these places are just gone. Max Fish. Yeah, that whole area. Condos, NYU. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, then they reopened it and then I heard they they're opening again. in Brooklyn. They are opening in Brooklyn. It's really weird. But this guy's apartment, it's like. It's. I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. It might be double. It might be t- double this room, like a railroad, right? Every year, you'll see people you see once a year, and they will not skip this party. And it's the most packed. It's not comfortable. There's like cigarette smoke, but it's really fun. But anyways, a couple of years ago, she was there. I guess she moved back to New York, but maybe you guys know her, so I don't know. Yeah, we worked with her accused for a little bit, and then she she back in LA now. Uh, I think so. I think she works for Axis. <laughs> Was that? Did she do that show Fuse on tour we did? Uh, I don't know. She, that was such a weird time. Do you remember? Talk show, that, that weekly riff show I did. She worked on that. Because I remember when I first met her, I was a real dick. And then I do apologize. Huh. We were fine. Well, I <laughs> should... Normally how I meet people, sadly. It is true. It's one of my favorite things about she's you. She's funny, though, because I, sh- I don't know. I shouldn't talk shit, but it's funny. And I like her. She's cool. But, like, you know, when I worked at MTV, I didn't know her. Like, she was, like, the... I was a background designer. Like, you, and, an M- you know, back then... You know, it was a huge at the time it was a huge studio. Like the, the the you know the writers and they don't talk to you. Like they don't. It wasn't that kind of place. It was kind of corporate too. So like you'd hang out with people that were your peers. I don't know what you would call it. But when I started the party, like, oh Christy, how are you? And I was like, I don't know you. It's like, yeah, you didn't we work on Dark? I was like, I've never spoken to you ever. You don't have a fucking show now. But I was just like, I'm just fucking with you because tom is friends with her and i was like it's cool and she was always super nice but i was remember being like i don't know you like what did you do on daria <laughs> i was a background designer it was like my first animation job ever was i mean i had some really shitty freelance jobs my first like real job but uh yeah it was background design and when, when i was on daria it was like 97 yeah it was 1997 i think so like um they 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 didn't switch to digital yet so it was still like all on paper 
you know, butt cutting stuff. It was like the background. The, they still had a cell department. I mean, I they had butt cutting is, but I want to. Uh, I don't know what background animation is either. It's not really animation. It's background design. Background like, design. Like if Daria, if Daria is in the classroom, we would draw the classroom and the desks, and then layout would add all the students like in the desks or like you know, if you watch like an old Flintstones cartoon or and they're running and running and running, but the background doesn't change. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like that. Okay. But but what's butt cutting is like so. You know, you, and also you'd have like, yeah, like these crazy pans like that. Like if, if a character's going to walk from, say, uh, down the hallway, the, the paper would be like this. It might, the, the drawing might be like, you know, three feet long and you do it on a big light table and everything. I mean, everyone's table was a drafting table. It was fun. I mean, I kind of miss it. Now you're like at a computer station, but you'd have that. But say, say you did your drawing and then you'd ink it and then it would get, um, uh, I guess they I guess they painted the backgrounds back then. We we didn't color them, we just inked them. But if there were revisions, a butt cut would be like say um say she's in a chair and they say move Daria over an inch. You'd uh you'd put a piece of paper over it on the light box, you'd redraw where it would be and you'd tape it. You'd you'd put up uh what would you call that? You know the thing you you know the thing you cut when you have like a exacto knife? You put under like a that mat thing. I don't know what it's called. It looks like a mouse pad. It's for cutting. What is that? A cutting board? I don't know what it's I called. I guess so, yeah. I can't remember what it's called. You don't use them anymore. You'd, you'd cut around it. You'd, you'd tape the piece of paper on and cut around it like three parts of the square, not the whole square. You'd flip it over, finish the cut. You'd do this thing where you basically tape that part exactly and you'd white out the edge and that would still be the final art because when they photo... F- photographed it or did the painting you wouldn't see it I, i'm not explaining this well but it was super like kind of hands-on and all that kind of wasn't that technical but you felt like you were i don't know it was just you were drawing and stuff and now it, you went to rhode island right that's where you studied yeah animation there RISD, yeah where are you from new hampshire new hampshire and when did you decide like animation was going to be your thing when i was there i mean i went i knew i was going to do something i always drew like since i was like a little kid but like when I went to college, I didn't really know. I was like, Bush, I do illustration. I, you know, I didn't know. I was like, I wasn't like, I want to be a fine artist, but I was like, I draw. I was pretty naive and like pretty hick basically. Like, but like, like, you know, I was like, oh, I'll do something with drawing. And I almost went into illustration, but I was just like, illustration. I was just like, and again, you got to remember it was the nineties. There wasn't the internet like now. So now, I mean, there's really cool, wild, maybe illustrative type shit you might see on the internet. But at the time I was like, I don't want to do like editorial illustration, like in a magazine, which you don't even see it as much anymore but back then i remember like again i I think when i was in college it was this period of flux where like people were just starting to kind of learn and embrace computers like you know you'd learn you know i learned photoshop at school but on my own on the side because they didn't even they had computer classes but i didn't need to take one but i was like obviously this is the way things are going like i'm all over the place right now but it's just coffee. It's, it's like a coffee, dude. Cocaine. I'm telling you. The, um, I feel the it, it opposite. It really is I'm strong. The illustration back then was like more... Remember like editorial illustration? Like if it was like Newsweek magazine and there'd be like a little blurb article, but there'd be a weird kind of pastel thing of a coffee cup and a fish or something. Like it, it was... You don't really... I feel like now you just see Photoshop or photos and... So when you study animation, it was legitimately like we're going to teach you to draw. Like I met, I met um, an animator in California in the nineties mm-hmm. and he was just studying and he said he had a class on paper flipping. He, where do you go? Cal arts or something? Thanks. So. Cal. I mean, 
the different schools have different programs. Like at RISD, it's a little more artsy. Like it's like they're going to teach you. I mean, I'm, I love that place and I, I'm really glad I went there. They teach you how to like, when you leave, if you do what you're supposed to do, you, you learn how to make a film start to finish and you can make whatever you want. And they, they kind of teach you how to think, like think kind of outside the box a little. It's a little artsy. So, but CalArts is more, you know, CalArts was started by Disney. So it's more like traditional animation. So like all those fundamental skills, which those are fucking great too. Cause like at RISD, there was kind of sometimes two camps, like a camp be like, you know, you're not teaching us enough of this stuff we need to know. But at the same time, they're kind of teaching you other stuff. And if, like, I'd just be like, look, that shit you can learn from a book or whatever. Just make what you want to make. But, but yeah, they're, they're all good. And then, you know, like SVA, like right now we get a lot of our animators from SVA. They got a really strong uh, school of visual arts okay. in, in a, that guy that Jimmy, was that his name? Oh, yeah, he goes there. But I mean, I'd say 80% of the animators at Titmouse right now are from SVA, but it's also because they're in the city. That's the other thing. A lot, of, I'm jumping all over the place, but a, a lot of these animation jobs, there's way more work in LA for, for traditional animation. Um, cause all the studios are out there like Nickelodeon cartoon. It's like when I said paper flipping, they literally had to learn how to like draw a picture, flip the paper, if, draw a picture, flip the paper. Like that was like, you had to learn how to do it. That they don't, pe- people don't do it as much anymore, but if you're working on paper, it is a skill because when you're looking at your drawings, you'll, you put your fingers in a way where you'll, you, if you watch like, you can if you look it up online, people like Richard Williams or like a Glenn Keane type dudes, like they're flipping a sequence of like say seven to ten drawings with one hand because they're really getting a feel of the flow of the drawings. But now, I mean, like a lot of stuff like Super Jail is all done digital with like those really? Cintiq. You ever see those Wacom Cintiq tablets? Like we don't even use paper anymore. It's all it's like a a tablet you with a pen you draw right on the screen, and we. We make it look as hand drawn as possible, but it's all digital. I mean, we for Super Jail we use Flash. We use very little After Effects. It's almost all Flash. Um, and again, we're trying to emulate that look. Whereas a show like, say, South Park, I think they're cutting in Maya, but they're trying to make it look like super crude and two D, also in a different way. Um, but again, a lot of a lot of animators still like to work on paper. Like I've thought of going to paper just to play with it because, um, like a lot of anime. In Japan, like a lot of them, they still draw everything on paper, but they scan it and color it in Photoshop and comp it. Whereas a lot of the um, American stuff or stuff you see on TV like Simpsons or a lot of the Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon stuff, they ship overseas to places like South. Yeah, they ship to like Korea, but a lot of those they do, they'll design a lot of it in the computer and Photoshop or whatever. But when they send it to Korea, they're animating on paper over there, but then they just digitize it and then they have a you know, in-house compositing programs. I know that, I mean, I'm a big comic book dude, and I remember when it went from colorist to color separator, you know, and that was a whole, you know, literally like scanning it and then just picking the colors and putting it in, you know, with a mouse rather than drawing it or painting it on rather, you know, and it's good. It does look different, you know? Yeah. I remember when, um, I rem- I used to be really into anime in, in high school and junior high and when I um, was getting a, they were putting a, I think Epic was putting out Akira and it was like digitally colored. And I think it was one of the first, I don't know if it was one of the first, but it was one of the first I saw. And I remember it looked crazy and it was like, it looked really good actually. But I remember, I think they made a big deal that it was digitally done. Lot, like the colors looked a lot smoother. I have that actually. I think I still have that one. 
um, uh, anime. What, you big hentai fan? <laughs> yeah, I love it. No, I don't. <laughs> well, anime is weird because this is another thing with this age thing. Like when I was into it, it was it was more like, you know, I would always go to comic shops when I was like in you know a kid, and and anime. I remember being like, "What is this?" Like there was no internet, there was no thing that was like, "Hey, check this out! It's a new thing." I remember like, "What the fuck are these weird comics? They're fucking, they're different." I remember like a lot of people I knew, and again, I grew up in New Hampshire. It, was, it wasn't like there was a big nerd community, but like I like stuff like like I mean, we we used to collect Ninja Turtles before it was a thing because they were from like. Northampton, Massachusetts. So we used to go to this. We used to go to this flea market every day with my dad, me and my brother, and he'd basically be looking for weird shit, and then he'd be like, "Give us five bucks." I'm like, "Go, go look around." So we'd always just go to the comic thing and be looking in the bins. And I remember like my brother was real into like Ninja Turtles, and because it was in, it was weird. It was like, "What is this thing? It's not normal." And then I, I used to be into like Lone Wolf and Cub, and got kind of into anime comics, and I didn't really know. It. You'd have to search it out, and I remember. In high school, I used to I used to drive an hour to this one comic shop. In it was in a bigger town, this town Manchester, because they had like imports and they had more anime stuff. And I remember like, wow, what is what is this stuff? And I was just so into it because it was different. And then I got to college and I kind of got out of it because I was like, I don't know, it all started to look the same. And I think I was just kind of grew out of it. Yeah. But then it's weird. The last maybe, and you know, I know anime is huge now. And you, you know, again, you can look stuff up online, you can figure it out. But the last few years, I started getting back into it again because there's a lot. Now this seems like there's a lot more weird, indie-ish or different ones. Like I really love that guy Yuasa. Like he does that that ping pong animation right now. He did like Mind Game. Um, he did a short called Kick Heart. He's a he's he's a Japanese animator, but in Japan, a lot of them think he draws very Western style. But it still looks super anime. But it looks like indie anime. He's amazing if you ever see his stuff. He he just guest directed an adventure. Uh, a, episode of adventure time and it's like fucking crazy it's really awesome if you look up yuasa yeah. but mind game you might know that's a pretty big movie and he did he did he did some series in japan that are you can find them online they're real he has a real weird indie raw i, I love his stuff right now and his, his newest thing that's out right now it's, it's just called it's based on a, on a manga but it's called ping pong but it's it's a high school ping pong team but it's like he uses like really weird foreshortened angles and he almost looks like an Egon Shile meets anime or something. Like it's, it's raw. Like, you know how, you remember that thing black and white, that Tekken King Crete or whatever? No. This is another one. It has that kind of, it's anime and it looks anime, but it almost looks like indie comics. That I'm kind of into that stuff. But I, again, I don't know, like I'm not into like May Devil, whatever thing. I don't know. Like, but there's another one I like that's more, kind of traditional called kill a kill you've seen that one that one's fucking crazy. i'd never the like like anime and and manga to me they just it just never like outside of um like space Kateers and guy king when i was a kid like that was it or battle of the planets like i, I yeah i love that do you know what i mean gotcha man you know yeah and i and it was like no one owns a comb you know it's like that kind of stuff just it just either stays with you or goes away I, for me it just didn't I love that 70s type stuff, but I, yeah, like I got so, cause I think here too, like, you know, it's like Netflix, like, you know, when you go on Netflix and they're like, there's a million movies, but most of them suck. Like with anime, I feel like all these anime was getting distributed. You're like, this is all crap. There's, there's some that, you know, like there's a Miyazaki or Akira or something, but there's not, again, not to diss anime, but, but lately I've been kind of getting into, there's some that now that are kind of neat, like that kill a kill one. It's like, 
so intense and it's crazy action and like I think I don't know who did it but I think well yeah if you don't again I'm not a huge I don't know a ton of if anyone's listens to this that knows anime maybe they'll know but and there's another one Space Dandy I've been really into that's it's like again it I think it's like a it's supposed to be kind of like a retro 80s almost it's kind of seems like it's like what we might have grown up with but like a little more crazy but yeah that that kill a kill and that all that guy Yuasa's stuff is it's pretty cool. It's like it's it's very unique and like fresh. So I've been into that lately. But I mean, again, when I say So the door to you for animation, was it MTV? Like was it Dar Daria? Is that how you, like what did you go what did you move on to after Daria? Uh it's funny because Daria was like a I think it was like a I think I was there for maybe three years. And around when that ended, um at the time there was a lot of small animation studios in the city. But MTV was kind of the biggest one, and you know it was cool. And you're in your twenties back then. I was like, "Holy shit, I work at MTV. This is cool." And it was like good money. It was fun. Everyone there was cool. But they basically shut yeah, down. Party. Yeah, the big Christmas party. The party still happens. That guy's like Tom. Just turned. I mean, I think he's. I think he turned fifty this year. I mean, he's because he's a little older than me. But anyways, uh, my wife worked at VH1, and she was at the party where the person fell off the balcony at the Hammerstein onto the sushi table. Oh, I was not at that. <laughs> Whoa, that really happened. Yeah. That's. Those Out of the balcony at Hammerstein? Yeah. They, yeah, they used to have... His party was in a... Just to be clear, was his home apartment party. But yeah, they, they had... MTV had... Was yeah. It was like Nickelodeon, everybody... Would it was up. crazy. People would go bonkers and you would see... Uh, People get shit-faced and just... It was almost like it was allowed. It was That's so crazy, man. I haven't had like a real job in so long that yeah. I've never been to one of these parties. It was like high-ranking I, executives being like, hello, young intern. I yeah. can't. That must People be so... making... It was really gross and weird. I and feel like, like it would be... The weirdest part would be like going to work the next day and be like, oh, hey... That's what... It, yeah, it was, it was... It would be everybody because you'd be like, what do you, what do you work on? Oh, it's, you know, work on... You can't do that on television. <laughs> yeah, you'd, you wouldn't really see anyone you knew. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like I went, the one I remember was like, had like a Casbah theme. Like they had the, I mean, it was like, cr I mean, it was a real crazy waste of money. It was like crazy tense and like, I don't know. I remember when my, when my, when my wife left VH1, she had a better job. I remember thinking, <laughs> I don't get to go to that party anymore. <laughs> the, the. So, so I'm sorry, I do, I do, I. Oh, it's okay. I went off slightly. So you. So after MTV, you just went to like a smaller animation. Oh, well, no, it was funny. Like what? So when, when I was working on Dari, do you know about bar fight? Like me and me and Steve made this short called bar fight that I made this short called bar fight that, okay. When I was at MTV, sorry, let me rewind. After college, I made a, I made a short called space war in college. It's like a black and white animation. And it, it's kind of when I was kind of figuring out my style, like this thing of, you know, like kind of the stream of conscious thing and following things and all that. It didn't have talking like we were talking about before. And that did really well in the festival circuit. And I knew I wanted to move to New York, but I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I need a job. And when you go to these festivals, you, you meet people. So I met, I met people that were like, yeah, I'm in New York too. You should, you should work at MTV. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Like, I didn't even realize, I knew they had a studio here, but I didn't realize it was so big and this and that. So, um... I got a job there. So when I was there, I was like, well, I should make make another film now because hopefully that'll propel things forward. So I made this film called, uh, this animation called Bar Fight. And it's a three minute, basically, it's just a, it's a bar fight. No talking. It's online if you want to check it out. And at the time, 
MTV had this department called Labs, and they were like, we want to be like old school MTV and like when they used to have interstitials and be cool and not have all the reality based stuff. And they were like, we're going to commission four projects, two live action, two animation in-house, you know, people who work here and we'll, we'll fund it when they're done. We'll, we'll air them on MTV as like these weird things. And we were, we had already, I'd already started bar fight. And I was like, Oh, I'll pitch this to them. Cause get some extra money for it or whatever. And, and, and it basically was just working on it at night and on the weekends. And so I pitched it and it was one of the things they commissioned. So when it was done, we were like, you know, at the time, it felt like a crazy... It's basically what got us Super Jail. Like, the riot... You know, you know, every week in Super Jail, there's the fight. This was a three-minute fight that was basically like that. No talking, all gags in a bar, like a redneck bar. So, we made it. I'm like, man, this is going to do well. In this, you know, th- this is crazy. This is way crazier than Space War. I'm going to get some job or I'm going to... Something good's going to happen. So, we made it. And basically, right when we finished it, that department got cut at MTV. So, the thing was in limbo they're like you don't own it but we're not going to air it so we're like well what the fuck do we do now like this is just stupid we're like, can we enter it in film festivals yeah we don't care oh cool all right well that's all we'd want to do anyways this is cool so we enter it in all these film festivals and when you get into a big animation festival whatever, usually once you, not one you know it's not like you're guaranteed to get in but if you get in and your stuff's good you have a better chance so we enter it in all these ones that i because space war did pretty good as a student film so basically got rejected from every single film festival we entered and i was like what the fuck like this is i know this is good and this is like what i want to do is like if, if they hate this then you know fuck this and i kind of got bummed out on animation and then mtv closed and i couldn't find work because there was all this work in new york but like i said it was all stuff like powderpuff girls and kids next door and sheep in the city and at the time, there was a lot of talent in New York, and I, my style is very raw. It's not clean. So there are all these people that were like way more kick-ass designers and drawers. So I couldn't, I couldn't get a job, and it was funny because I was starting to be like, "This is weird." And that's when I started focusing on the band more. I was like, "I'll just do the band. I'll get a day job and just do the band." Uh, cheeseburger. I was in this band, Cheeseburger, and I got a job doing DVD package design, and that was for a few years. And the and the band, you know, we got on a label and we. You know, we had a couple of records and we toured and stuff. We didn't tour a lot, but just a little bit. But then one day I get this call. And, I, you know, I've never had cable since I've lived in New York. I don't know what adults – I didn't know what Adult Swim was at all. I just assumed, like, hey, the shit I want to make is too weird. You know, it's not normal enough for, say, MTV or Comedy Central, so I'll just, I'll just do the band and maybe I'll animate again someday, but not right now, you know? And so the guy's like, hey, are you the guy that made Bar Fight? And I'm like, yeah. Because back then, again, it was – there was the internet, but it wasn't like now. There wasn't, like, Tumblr and – I think YouTube was even still relatively, I don't want to say it was new, but I think it kind of was. And animators had been, when we made Bar Fight, a lot of the animators, it was kind of like, you know, there's a band that the fans don't like, but other bands like it. Like Bar Fight was kind of like all the animators, like, hey, can I get a copy? So we would always make VHS copies and just give it away. Every band Joan and I like. Yeah. Or or have been in. Yeah. Yeah, That's my history too. It's always like the band we're opening for going, you guys are fucking great. But the audience is like, I suck. They want to see that band. But the, 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 the guy at Adult Swim had seen a copy of the tape from someone down there. It was actually the guy who edited Bar Fight, but he had moved to Atlanta and worked at Adult Swim. He's like, man, why aren't you pitching us a show? And I'm like, I don't even know what you are. I go, oh, that's the other thing. When I was at MTV, I pitched them shows all the time. And they never liked it. And and one of the one of the weaknesses is because the kind of thing too where if you were an animator at MTV and you pitched a show, they kind of looked at you like, well, you're an animator. You don't really know about making a show. But if you were like Snoop Dogg, 
you know, they would always commission these pilots with like famous people attached, like Snoop Dogg's blah, blah, blah. But like, he doesn't fucking know anything about animation. It's just, yeah, he wants to put his, you know, they want to put a celebrity or they had money. So for those of you listening, he just defined how television works. Yeah. So, so, um, I'd pitched a jail show to MTV. It was like a, it was when like reality was kind of, it was like a reality jail show. And they were like, and the exact words from the guy at the meeting, he was like, nah, reality TV is going to die out in a couple of years. And we're at the meeting, I was like, no, it's not. This is like a, the new, it's not so cheap. I don't, I think it's only just keep getting crazier. And at the meeting, it was like, those meetings would be like a bunch of people. I remember they were looking at me like, are you crazy to say this? I was like, it's not going to die. And I'm not some genius, but I was like, it's not going to die out at all. At the time, I think it was just like survivor. It was just hitting the tip. And I was like, I remember thinking like, they're going to have re- the most dumb shows and it still doesn't seem to stop. But the um, so anyways, the guy was like, "I'm going to be in New York. I'm meeting with all these people that come pitch me." So I'm like, I look up at Old Southern, like, "Holy shit, this channel's fucking weird." Like I was like, "I how have I never?" I got super excited because I was like, "Oh my god, I want to do animation again." So we met with him, and he was like, "I love, I love bar fight." He's like, "What I want to do? Can you do a show like this, but but add characters and have some kind of narrative?" And I was like, "Well, I had this old pitch that was a jail show and." riots happen at jails all the time so we could have a crazy jail and there's a riot every week like bar fight in it with story and he was just like i love it i love it and at the time the willy wonka this this was like 2000 i want to say maybe five or six it was a long time ago and uh it was when that willy wonka remake was out and i remember thinking maybe it's like if willy wonka had a jail it's like a wacky kids show but it's a jail and he was like i love it i love it i mean it was so out of our ass for I mean, for real, it was. It was just really luck, and it's luck too that this guy liked it. I mean, because again, I've been sh- again, like I mean, I've been trying to show bar fight to people for years, and they were just like, "This looks." Because again, it was the thing of this looks like crap. This looks crappy, but it's just like it's just at the time that aesthetic wasn't cool. And you know, if anyone is an animator listening or even doing anything, everything's cyclical. Like this cool, dirty look is big. I'm sure in five soon, it's gonna people are gonna think that's played out, and it's gonna go back to super slick again, or it'll get minimal. It'll always. Things have to change, you know? I know. I, I think about that. I'm a big fan of Archer. And it's like that's that that thick line, you know? It's like how long is that going to happen? Yeah. It fascinates me. I mean, luckily, things are weird because I think with the internet and plus, I mean, I never in my fucking life would think a movie like Avengers would be the biggest movie. Like all this, ner- you know, I would never think there'd be a zombie show on TV ever. Like I used to go to Blockbuster and on the weekends we'd rent zombie movies godzilla movies and everyone be like oh you guys are weird and like i mean that's mainstream fucking the most mainstream technology caught up to the nerd you know it's like what we've known for years and i i I can't tell you how many times like when i was at mtv geek people be like um uh like how do you feel about this like now this stuff is cool and i'm like it's always been cool it just took you guys long to figure it out yeah and i mean i'm psyched as shit like i would never think my parents we're like, yeah, we saw the Avengers. I'm like, how do you know what the Avengers are? Like, it's so weird. And like, but, sorry, I'm, my point. Oh, my point was, this stuff used to be so cyclical and there used to be less of it. But what's neat, and again, I think it's also our generation's getting older. So we're picking what, you know, the people in development are our age or younger. So they're picking what gets made. But it does seem like a lot of this nerd stuff and like superhero and niche stuff and even animation, it, it because a lot of people are like, ah, it's, it's only going to last so long. It's going to dry up. But hope, it just seems like there's more and more animated shows now. I mean, I'm hoping it's not going to go away. I mean, things do kind of ebb and flow a little. But I think it's like 
so many people, it's now because of the internet, you can make something so cheap and just do it yourself. You know, short web series, as Jonah knows. Um, you have a web series? Yeah, but I don't do it myself. Well, you, know, you do it with a bunch of cool people, but I mean, you know, he does it with his... Computer makes it. Yeah, you know, the computer, I just show. I'm so spoiled with it. I feel like I'm spoiled with this podcast, recording it here, and the web series, yeah, we have like an editor, we have all these people that do, that are great, that do all that stuff. But you can do like, it's, I think Adult Swim was way ahead of the curve by saying, I don't know, make it eight minutes, you know? Yeah. And it's great. Totally. And and like when when you... No, when people they said, super jail. Okay, do a pilot. Did they say make it X amount of minutes, or did they? Yeah, they were like, you know, we're we're short format. They're eleven minutes. So like, but we, I was like, fine, because like again, I my only experience was things that were like three minutes. So for me, eleven minutes was like, oh, that's long, and I don't want. You know, it's funny because people are like, oh, wouldn't don't you want it to be a half hour? I'm like, fuck no. Like like eleven minutes is cool because it's like you get in, you get out. It's quick. I mean, I have ADD. And, you know, you make yeah, it fast-paced. Like, and a 30-minute thing is just a different... Again, I'm pretty naive. Like, I've not written a 30-minute show before, and it's a different kind of... You know, I'm sure it's something you got to get used to because a lot of those shows, you know, a lot of those... I think a lot of people, they think longer's better. So, like, like a lot of those shows switched formats, and I always feel like they're... Like, like when Metalocalypse was... I shouldn't trash talk. I love Metalocalypse. Like, fucking love it, but... I like the 11 minute ones better than the 22 minute ones. They just feel longer to me, and I get bored. I, I saw them at Hammerstein. That that Metalopolis band. What yeah. was that band? Me- Metalopolis. That's what yeah. they called. Yeah, they they toured, and it was like, could, yeah. Oh yeah, Death dude. Clock, they headlined, and opening was Mastodon and Converge. Yeah. And <laughs> like, fucking awesome. I was like, this band's bigger than Mastodon, and everyone's like, yeah, dude, they're huge. I remember someone coming up to me at Fuse, showing, proving that I knew nothing about development, going, you know, I think. We should talk to Adult Swim about syndicating Metalocalypse because it's a uh, you know music cartoon show, and I remember like it takes away from like real music. Wow, they wanted to, they wanted to syndicate that. That somebody had the idea to do it. Like, someone at Fuse. Someone at Fuse. Yeah, and I remember I was arguing and looking back. Like, <laughs> wow, I'm so good at this. Like, I should develop forever. <laughs> that I I love that show. Well, like Aqua Team, like I'm a, I love oh Aqua Team. yeah, me too. And I really like the movie. I love that the movie. I don't know why. There's a movie? Oh, it's great. It's really, really funny. Really I mean, great. but to me, it's like, see, it's funny because people, again, and I know I kind of just said the opposite, but people are like, oh, it's too long. You can't watch it. But I don't know. I I can kind of watch that show forever. I don't, I just mm-hmm. don't get, Aqua Teen, I, I never get bored of it. Like, no. I'll binge, sometimes I'll binge watch it. I'll just keep laughing. It's like, it's, it's never not funny to me. I don't know. I, show absolutely kills me. Is that something you, you'd want to do with Super Jail? Like, would you want to do a movie? Do you think? I would fucking love to. I won't even lie, but but there's a part of me that's like, like, look, I I always like. I don't know facts for sure. Like, I think I think with Adult Swim, they like to stick with what works. Like, I'd love to like look. I'd love to do like a weird, completely CGI one or s- completely live action. I won't lie. I I actually really want to do. Did you see that RoboCop spoof where they're shooting all the dicks off? No. There's this thing when the RoboCop. You hit all Steven's remake, keywords. Yeah, when the hashtag dick shot off, Robo. You know, there's this thing where these guys remade, like, they did, like, a mashup where all these different people remade RoboCop shot for shot, but they did what they wanted with their clip. And there's, I think it's that, is it Fatal Farm, that company? They did that thing where they do all these fake 80s intros to, like, like shit like Golden Girls. When I go back and re-listen this episode, I have to write down everything. Just, like, a litany of cool shit that I know I'm going to dig. Oh, but this, you'll like this. So look, this Fatal Farm place, they do, they do cool, like, 
funny shit, but really slick. And but anyways, they did this. I shouldn't ruin it for you, actually, but I'll have to ruin it to explain this. But you know, you know, in RoboCop, the scene where the the girl's gonna get raped and he shoots between her dress. RoboCop's weird. That movie. I know it very well. That's Paul Weller, the original. <laughs> yeah. Well, they. RoboCop two written by. RoboCop two written by. Paul Verhoeven. Frank Miller. Oh, why? Really? Yep. I just lost all my nerd credit. Yeah, I didn't know that either. The the terrible. <laughs> the they do this scene and they start it and it's like shot for shot. It looks so real. You're like you're like this is stupid. Why they do this? It's so boring. But basically, the joke. I don't know, totally ruin it, but they 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 do this joke off him shooting in the dick and it's really funny and it keeps going and going and going, but it's super fucking realistic prosthetic with dicks getting shot off. But when I saw it, I was like, God, it's so funny and so disturbing. I was like, I would love to do a fucking super jail where it's live action, but so old school, like prosthetic gore, like really try to, and I know they do like, they'll be like, it's Looney Tunes, but super realistic and it doesn't translate. But I just think with super jail, it would like if the, people getting ripped apart in their heads but it was so fucking you don't like gore so you'd hate this actually I no i would but i i you i want you to do it because i want to see david wayne in it that's what i would want to do too but i just have a feeling there's a part of me it's like i don't even want to fucking try to suggest this and have it not happen so i'm just like whatever like no, you, do the, you do the you do the cheap version you make a trailer for it and then you shoot that yeah guys can we make this it's getting all these hits yeah. <laughs> but the I'm, I'm I'm open to whatever, but a movie too, like because it's funny when I saw when I saw that Speed Racer movie, all I thought was like, man, I would love to see Super Jail like this because I I like that Speed Racer movie. I thought it was cool. Mm. You did. I mean, I just remember thinking this is kind of crazy and like a cartoony. I mean, again, I wasn't expecting some. I didn't like care if it, it was the Flintstones meet the Matrix. That's the, that's what bothered me about it because it was like you you tried to make the cartoon, you tried to make what the cartoon would look like for real. Yeah, and, it, and to me that wasn't cool. Like, like I wanted to like, see them trip it out. Yeah, I guess for me, I liked that. Like, I liked that it was like this weird because I didn't really care. Like, I love that cartoon, but I was like, this isn't. This isn't going to be cool. Like, I don't know. But I can see both versions of those being cool. Yeah. But but for me, when I was watching, all I was thinking was, I can see Super Jail being fucking insane like this. But then again, I don't know. There's so many different ways to do shit. That's. I'm so I'm a really indecisive person, which is weird too. Like I'm like, you could go super fucking realistic, or you could go super retarded, fake ass, like crappy After Effects too. Like based I, on how your your show changes location and what happens every second, <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised. I think those are the best ones because you never get bored and you're just like, oh, now we're in a. How long does it take to do one episode of Super Joe? It's weird. You know, this we did not uh, press this week, and like every time you'll ask this, I fuck it up but i don't know because we do the, you know when you do a staggered well yeah i always want to give you guys a realist i would say a couple months because it's that thing where once the script is done we record the script and each everything's staggered for a production schedule so like for storyboards we'll have three weeks to board it right but when we're in production after the first week when we start week two of boarding backgrounds start week one of background design and every department has one or two weeks so like we'll have a bunch of the boards done so they'll just start plugging in the backgrounds then when their second week starts we're in our third week layout starts but then when we're on our fourth week we're starting board the second the second episode animation hasn't even started the first yet so it's this crazy thing where and i'm i'm like directing and executive producing so like i'm like i always feel like i'm on like three episodes at once like right now we're doing the sound design and clean up for the fifth and then we're wrapping up the sixth and then it's done it's, 
and then we're done. Why so few episodes this season? I don't know. They, they Adult Swim started doing. It's weird because they. We thought, oh fuck, we're getting canceled, and it's just like a mercy season. And they were like, no, 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 we're just doing smaller pickups. And they did it for a few shows. Like I think Metalocalypse had a six episode thing, but but then some shows seem to get two see. I don't know. They're they're really weird with how they do their things, and I'm I'm kind of not that involved in that. Like you you think as the creator, we'd be like, what's going on? But I, you know, it's weird. I work for Adult Swim in a way, but I also work with Titmouse to make the show and Titmouse kind of handles that because they're so busy. You know, Titmouse makes, they make Venture Brothers, Metalocalypse, Super Jail, China, Illinois. They make a ton of Adult Swim, they produce a ton of Adult Swim's content. So, China, Illinois, the one that Fred Armisen does the voice Dude, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Oh, China's a uh, Brad. Like when you talk with Jeff, by the way. Yeah, I feel like that you guys are talking about. This is like when we have like yoga people on the podcast. The singer of his band, Jeff Rickley, when they sit and talk about bands, and I, oh, like, I've got some game with bands, but they're on a different level. <laughs> yeah, it's a very specific, like '90s screamo. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of the loop with music these days. But China is Brad Neely. Brad Neely's show. You know okay. that guy? Mm-hmm. He's like really cool. Do you find it that you being the you know, EP creator of the show, dealing with all this stuff. Is that similar to when you were... Is Cheeseburgers, the band, still happening? No, not... I mean, we never broke up, but, like, our our singer has three kids now, and our, our, our and he kind of became a famous artist, and then our one guitarist moved to Vermont, he had a kid, and um, I always keep hoping there will be a reunion somewhere in there, but the, I think I'm... I think me and the bassist are the only ones that still want to do it. But that's like being able to deal with a record label similar to dealing with like a network or yes and no. Like, I think it's really similar, but I think for me, the band was always a hobby that kind of went further than we ever thought it would go. So whenever we dealt with the record label and stuff, I felt very, I mean, I guess I feel like this with the show. What label are you involved with? We were on Kamado for the first record. And then the second, record they didn't really want to put it out but we had a three record contract but then adult swims william street label bought it off them put the second one out and then we never did a third one but but with the with the band and the record label stuff i always felt kind of like i always felt like we weren't and this may be why i failed i always felt like we weren't really a real band even because in a way i felt like I was kind of doing the show, and I think they were kind of like, well, you guys are kind of a weird bunch of art dudes that are kind of doing the band. And I think because we didn't heavily tour, they didn't really take it as serious as... I mean, I like, I loved the band, and it was fun, and I loved doing it. I miss it. But at the same time, I almost felt like I'm kind of a fake guitarist. Like, like I know that sounds weird, but with the show, like I feel like 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 I'm very confident with the show, like with animating and drawing and all that with the with the band like we would get drunk and play and it was fun as shit and i loved it but i never felt like i was a good guitarist so i'd always kind of be like yeah you know but but it was definitely like the one of the funnest experiences i ever had it was awesome but i never felt i don't know i always felt like like yeah you know i don't know does that make sense i don't know trust me dude it's it's being i've always said that if i was ever in a band again uh i would need one talent and two i would just be like just have a bunch of dudes just hanging out and just playing but like in our neighborhood and never do anything else Mm. that's kind of what our band ended up being like it would just be like let's meet at this bar to go to practice and then we would like buy a couple beers in like let's just get practice tonight that happened more than not (laughs) by the end and if you were super successful doing that you would be guided by voices yeah, well, we kind of for the for the for the lack of touring and lack of playing, we kind of had a really good weird. We we had a weird luck with 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 placement. Like we got like we have 
her big thing was like we have a one of our songs on the end of the movie Step Brothers. Like it's the last song they play and it goes into the credits. And we were just like, what the fuck? Like we don't even we randomly got weird placement. Like we got we got rep by downtown for licensing and we got had luck. We had like a, a Jeep commercial. We had a bunch of weird random things, but then we didn't really tour. But then we played a couple of festivals. Like we played in Sweden and Norway at these random festivals where some someone at the festival was a weird cheeseburger fan. But when we played, no one knew who the fuck we were. But it was really fun. We're like, we're, we're playing Sweden. And everyone's like, how are you playing Sweden? We're like, well, I don't know. Like, it's really That's weird. What happens when like you go to a festival and you'd be like, there's a whole lot of Turbo Negro fans. Oh, that's because they're all here at the festival. Because they've come from all over yeah. the country because it's the only place they're playing. We don't have that kind of gang following. <laughs> Those guys are great, though. But yeah, I miss I miss band stuff, and I'm so out of the loop. But I also think, um, I don't know, again, I mean, this older thing, I think a lot of the stuff that I like, I don't think it's really cool anymore or really big. Like, I don't like, I don't know if I like a lot of this younger stuff. There's a bit. Do you know that band Hector's Pets? I like them. No, they're kind of. I think they just had an album come out. They're like a Bushwick. You guys should get them in here. They're fucking great. But I, I, I don't know. I'm really out of the loop with the band stuff. I don't. It, it's it's hard. Like I, I learned. Yeah, you can't go out. You have a kid now or yeah. kids. Yeah, two. I have twins. Um, it's the greatest worst thing ever. Yeah, because they, uh, they're awesome. And then you're like, oh my god, uh, this uh, I'm always outnumbered. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I have serious in the car. And I find myself more often than not listening to radio classics. Yeah, you know old Fred Allen shows. We're fucking old now. <laughs> then and then and then I'll turn on first wave, and then but like my favorite say they like faction. <laughs> what is first over. wave? Is it like uh, first wave is new- stuff that I listened to in high school? That uh, it's basically classic rock for for people in their late thirties, early fifties. Yeah, because I'm like, really, this REM song is classic. Fuck you. It's so weird. I bought that. I don't. I don't get too like. Yeah, like in our heads, the classic rock station is playing, I don't know, Skinner or something, or like mm-hmm. maybe ACDC. But now I'm like, does the classic rock station play Nirvana now, or does it still yeah. play that music? We talk about this a lot on the show. We do. Like, they'll sneak in Nirvana in the newer stuff because that's still cool. But like it's, when we were kids, they wouldn't be. But I'm like, that's not classic that. rock. That's fucking new grunge or something. Yeah, but talking about the turtles. Teenage Mutant, Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out like 30 years ago. Like yeah. The 30th anniversary what? of that comic. That can't be true. That's the yeah. Comic. My brother had him on his wall. My brother used to collect it when we were, I think we were probably still in elementary school. Mm-hmm. When was the it cartoon? Was a really comic. I, was a cartoon a lot later? The, could... No, the cartoon came out. Hold on, I know this. I was probably in seventh grade or eighth grade. I'm, po- I'm almost positive the cartoon came out 10 inches in. And it's. Um, because Kevin, fuck, I can't remember which one. It's Kevin Smith or Peter Kevin Laird. Is, Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman, and they. Because I went to a signing and they. Is there a bunch of weird, weird stuff about them? Like, doesn't one of them date like a porn star and one of them bought sold it, and then one of them, yeah, bought heavy metal. He like owns heavy metal. Like, he's so on, cool, like, kind of. Like, you know I metal. bought heavy metal. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I was like, because I remember going, that's happening. <laughs> yeah. But he, then the other one's like, I'm done. I, I have, I'm, I'm, I'm shitting money. I'm finished. You know, because as soon as they license it, it was, I just, it's so crazy to me that that, that was like 30 years ago. I know it's. Well. Like 32 years ago, Milo goes to college by the descendants came out. That's, that's where we are now. Oh yeah. We're just, I hate being like, oh, it's depressing. It's kind of like, fuck it. It's just we're old. Who cares? Depressing. It's awesome because yeah. when, because you're what, how old do you know? 
39. 39. 39. So you're at the end of the awesome, I'm cool with being stupid years because you're when you're 20, you're a moron. I know. I, 29, you're an idiot. And 30, you're like, I'm cool with being an idiot. And then you get into your 40s, which is just like, fuck it, everything's cool. Yeah. It is good. <laughs> like, you, people look back with nostalgia, but like, I don't remember being psyched in my 20s. Yeah, because you don't have any money. Yeah, no money. Kind of just don't know who you are yet. You could do you're, more. That was cooler. I mean, I remember having fun, but, but na- you know, it's not like now I'm making cool shit and, like, it's not as fun as now. I see, I think it's awesome, like, the path you took where it's, you know, you seem to be, all right, finished school, started working, worked through it, and, you know, they caught up to you. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I know you say it's cyclical, but when like, – I'm a big animation fan, but I'm very specific. Like, I love Tom and Jerry, and, you know, I like – you know, Tex Avery, you know, more than Chuck Jones, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Chris Freeling kind of stuff. Like, very specific in that arena. But, um, you know, it's like, I like Bill Plimpton's stuff enough, but I'm not going to go watch a full movie of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, it's cool, but I like shorter, stronger hits. And then when, for me, really, it was Aqua Teen that kind of opened me back up to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Short and fast. It was so goddamn funny. It's so funny. And now when you when you when you put the show together, when you put Super Joe together, is it does one guy take on an episode or is there do you split it up? It's like a crew of writers or we have um it's weird. We've always had the, the network has always wanted us to have a writing supervisor because they were like, You guys aren't like seasoned writers. But um we went through so many people and it, it clicked third season. We um started working with this uh woman, Janine DeTulio. And she's super cool. She was a fan. And she used to write on Metalocalypse. And she used to write on home movies, Metalocalypse. She's super cool. And um, and then this dude, Adam, that uh, – Mo- I'm going to say his name wrong. and I've known him forever and I apologize, Adam. Adam Modiano or – you know when you see – Yeah. But Adam, Adam was a um, – he was a, on production staff of Venture Brothers. And at the time, Chris from Jackson Public was – Second season, Jackson Public was our kind of uh, script editor, story supervisor, or whatever, uh, story editor. And uh, Adam was kind of like, hey, could I try writing some episodes? And we were just like, sure. And uh, people do this a lot. Like, friends of mine are like, hey, you know, you have a show. Can I write for Super Joe? I'm like, yeah, but you got, you know, write some outlines and let's talk. Totally, because I have a lot of friends that do this similar things. But a lot of times they'll say that and like, oh, and then they, they never do it because they don't want to sit down and do it. So this dude, Adam came and again, I was, I didn't really know him that well. So I was like some production kid and he's young as shit. He's like young. And I was like, uh, you know, no offense, Adam. And I was like, it's, you know, whatever, but he turns it in and I go, cause this superhero is a weird show. Like you think it's easy to get, but we've tried to work with writers a lot and they just don't, I know it sounds dumb cause it's not, to me, it's really easy to get, but I, Adam just, he turned his stuff in and we're like, God, he fucking totally gets it. Like, these are great. These are awesome outlines and he's super cool and easy to work with. So this weird team formed and it's weird because we're all so different. Like Adam's like this weird, quiet, almost pays way too much attention to little details, but does see the big picture. But anyways, we, when we, what we do, what we did with Janine is we'd, we'd meet for like, you know, we're all real laid back. So we don't, we don't like sit, lock ourselves in a room like South Park or something like we're going to sit here until we break the story. It's more like let's meet for a couple hours, just kick around ideas for a week. And then since the orders are so short, six to 10 episodes, we'll be like, all right, we'll, you know, we'll write them all on a big board. Like what are our favorite ones? And usually as a group, we decide like 
we all tend to always be like, yeah, these are the funniest ones. And then what we do is we divide them up. So if it was like us three, we'd each take one story and we'd go home and write the outline. Then we come back as a group and go through it. And, you know, me and Steve are executive producers, so we have final say. But usually, you know, I try to always see what the group thinks because like you you get too close to something when you're drawing it or writing it and you sometimes you get a little lost in it you know i find it fascinating how people never think about the importance of an editor you know oh when we when we were working with her like i remember because people are always like you know how do you like it so i'm like i fucking love it i don't like here you're the fucking experienced writer i mean it'd be, i guess it'd be different if we butt heads but i she gets it so it'd be like you know just give me the notes like tell me what's wrong because a lot of times you can't see it because you're too Sometimes I'll get so deep in something and then be like, you know, ah, uh, you know, you hit a wall and it's it's because you're just too close. Like you need to just sometimes have someone take a look and be like, well, this kind of doesn't make sense. And like, oh yeah, how many like big time best selling right? Like Stephen King has a fucking editor. Like there's there's a reason for it. yeah. And and the other thing I think people forget is, and it's everything from being in a band to being in a show. But like like with Super Super Jail is so collaborative. Like so many things when you see the final product, it's so many people's talent helping it like it's not like yeah it's my drawing style but at the same time like we'll do this we'll do the outline we'll do the script the storyboard will fucking change so much gets added it'll go to anime it'll go to layout and background design so much of how it looks is just people on the staff like because we're always trying to encourage like throw in jokes or add your visual whatever and like like just the the layout team they draw the funniest drawings that i couldn't draw and then when animation gets it, it's just, it's just, you have to be so, I think the best thing is you have to be super open and know that it's collaborative and not be precious about anything. Like just, just make it and let it become what it's going to become. Like, I don't think anybody that, I mean, maybe some genius, but if someone's like, you know, like, yeah, that's exactly what I thought it was going to look like. They're full of shit. Like when we see the finished episode, someone's like, God, the script was nothing like this. I don't even know how it got here, but it feels right. How much do you allow when... Like, um, I'm a big fan of uh, Lauren Bouchard's work. Mm -hmm. You know, like, um, I love Lucy Daughter of the Devil. Yeah. It's just the jam to me. And uh, a, a friend of ours, Holly uh, Schlesinger, she works on Bob's Burgers. She's one of the uh, script supervisors. I think she might have gotten promoted. I'm not sure, but she's amazing. And they record everything all together. Like, they do it like a script read. Right. Do that. Um, and not a lot of people do that. They do it. How do you guys do it? We don't do that at all. And I... Sometimes I always wished we could try that, but at the same time, to be honest about the show, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's something I've always wondered, but like Super Jail is kind of more of a, I don't want to say it's simple, but it is. It's like, if you read the script, it looks simple, and we always kind of subtract, and it's just more visual. So, I mean, Warden, Warden, we definitely let go off. Like, David Wayne is so fucking good as Warden, and a lot of times, we'll have a line, and he'll just do, with the, we don't even really fucking direct him, because one, he's like, fucking like all smart and famous and everything but like he'll do the, the the read and you're just like yeah this is awesome it's the ward and he's so perfect for it but and mcculloch too like i mean chris adds so much humor to it but for the most part with super jail like if the characters don't really usually speak more than a sentence it's pretty short like allison is pretty short they're all pretty short with their lines except warden he tends to ramble so there isn't really a lot of opportunity for that kind of thing but i, I have always wondered like if you know, what if there was a wittiness or a more of a, I don't know how to word it, but that kind of humor in like Archer Adult Swim shows, we don't really have that kind of humor in Super Jail, but I've always wondered, would it be better for it? But at the same time, I think it just is what it is. And I think we, I think like the lat this season and the, near the end of third, we kind of realized like, this is what the show is. And just let it be that. And I think the network's been super cool about that too. Like, I mean, there's, 
there's like two, three minutes go by where there's no talking with Super Jail, which is fucking cool. Like a lot of, you know, I was always worried they're going to be like, you got to have talking, dude. Like, but we've been able to get away with it. So I don't know. That's, that's been cool. Cause that, that's what I like, you know, like, it shows, like it's, I mean, by your own admission and people watch it, it's beyond visual. You know, it's just, it's a, it's someone was asking me who hadn't seen it. So describe Super Jail. And I said, you know, how you, you watch a movie and they'll have like a, someone will be on drugs. <laughs> and that's Super Jail. Yeah. It's all over the place. And it's, it's fun. Like we, I like the people, you know, I was trying to say, like, it's like you want to watch it and kind of escape in that 11 minutes, just have a weird experience, you know? Especially if you like blood and guts. Yeah. That though, I'll tell you, the blood and guts get distract from it sometimes because I, for me, the blood and guts are a visual thing. Like if you blow up a guy's head or smash a chair, it's visual and you can follow things. And it, if you see bar, if you watch, check out Space War and Bar Fight, you'll see this progression to the Super Joe fights. But and again, I love the gore stuff. It's funny to me, but it's also like sometimes I feel like some people like not you, but like they'll be like, oh, it's so gory. They'll focus on that, but they don't see there's like there is a lot of weird, cute and silly stuff too at the same time. So it's kind of a weird. You just it's like you said, you have people sneak in jokes, and you can, and it's usually going on behind what's happening. Yeah, that's pretty smart to me. Or you even be a fan of animation to stare at it. I like that. You don't. You don't. Um, uh, like when we talk about stuff in bands in here, like we assume people know. You know right. I mean? Right. Like no. I think Super Joe is like a real, it's an animator show. Like any animation fan usually loves it. And then some people that kind of like fun, weird stuff like it. But it, but if you love Archer, you might not love, like I love Archer. I think it's fucking hilarious. But an Archer fan might not love Super Jail. They might just be like, I don't get it. But then they might. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, starts up June 15th. June 15th. Uh, uh, it's Sunday, June 15th, 11.45 p.m. on Adult Swim. Because AM would just be fun. Yeah. I mean, they should start some morning block. <laughs> morning cartoons, man. Yeah. I don't know why they don't. It's like... Do they uh, still have Saturday morning cartoons? No, they don't. I don't they know don't? if they do. Do they? they don't. Really? Yeah, it's fucked up. That is you know fucked up. You know what's weird? You were saying Tom and Jerry is I, um, I go to these animation festivals a lot. Like, I'm going... Tomorrow, I got to go to uh, Ansee in France for Super Jail. Got in this animation festival, and uh, last year I, we're going to all these meetings. And I met with the, this guy from Cartoon Network Asia, and he was saying how the biggest show and one of the biggest shows in China is Tom and Jerry, because in China, you know, there's no talking, so it's universal. But they don't have; they're not worried about the stuff we were talking about, like if they hitting each other with a bat or a cigar. But their censorship things are a little different. It's like you can't have characters that like question an authority figure like a cop or something or certain things like that but i was saying i was like god that's so funny because like if i pitched a cartoon network america like a no talking violent cute animal show they'd be like no way like you need some kind of like you know not wittiness but some kind of pop culture thing or this or that and he's like oh no it's different like in in china they they, they love it that i thought that was really funny it made me want to cartoon network or communist sympathizers <laughs> maybe <laughs> But I, I might be because I was thinking I want to go pitch to Cartoon Network Asia some kids show with no talking. It's not necessarily as violent as Super Jail, but all they do that is idea shit of, on Tibet. Yeah, two guys just yeah they're just beating up the Tibetan cat or whatever. <laughs> like there was Christie's Super Jail premieres June fifteenth at eleven forty five uh, p.m. or eleven p.m. Let's say 11-ish on Adult Swim. Check it out. Uh, I imagine it's going to be bloody. 
<laughs> some fucked up shit. Christie's a good dude. Adult Swim. They just, I don't know. It's, it's nice to hear about a network that kind of knows who their audience is and markets to it. Maybe Who's we should audience? start doing it's, it's, Do you think it's adults <laughs> or kids or both? I would say if a child watches that, then their adults are not paying attention. Yeah, okay. Children should not see that show. Not children, children, yeah. No. There's probably a lot of teenagers that are stoned, stoned watching and, that. And, and thinking like, oh my God, this is so subversive and great. God, and they're I, correct. All the Adult Swim shows make me want to smoke weed because as good as they are, really? Oh my God. I like, used to just... Before I had kids, I just would stay up all night watching Adult Swim. I would, I couldn't turn it off. I'd watch every show. Aqua Team. Oh yeah, that was my favorite. That's my favorite. That was my absolute favorite. Venture Brothers is brilliant. Oh my god. Yeah, um, Jackson Public, who does voices on Super Jail. Yeah. And um, I love the guys. Uh, Jackson Public is a pseudonym, but it's Jackson Public and Doc Hammer. We yeah. got to get those guys in here. They are great. I would love to do They're that. Super cool dudes to talk to. Frisky Dingo, remember that show? Yeah, that's the precursor to Archer. Yeah, that was that's brilliant. Same. Do you watch Archer? Yeah, it's a greatest love show. Archer, love it to death. It's a. But fun. is it the same people doing it? Is that what it is, or is it is just like John Benjamin? Is he in Frisky Dingo? I don't know. I I figured it was the same crew because it's so close. Do you but... watch, Do you watch Bob's Burgers? Yeah, I love Bob's it's pretty Burgers. cool. It's just, uh, and the way they record that is so great. They do it all live, so it's like a play. Oh, is that why it comes mm-hmm. off like that? It comes off so gold. Just great, great stuff. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode of Going Off Track, check out our new Going Off Track animated series drawn by mine and Brad's children. Uh, <laughs> is that on Adult Swim? Uh, no, no, that's uh, Child Pool Times. That's in the morning when they're just putting the chlorine in. That's what gotcha. <laughs> Wow, we should have asked Christy to, Christy to do something. Because, you know, everyone works for free, right? Just like yeah, us. man. That's how it rolls. Yeah, roll. totally. He's got plenty of time. God. Animation doesn't take any time to do. Oh, no, good Lord. <laughs> oh, God. I just, listening to people talk always makes me realize how I know nothing about anything. Dude, um, I, that's how I felt this episode. I felt like you guys, I don't know nothing about comics or animation, so I feel like I learned a lot. It's a good thing. And now I have to go back and listen to it and write down everything. We'll put it up on, on the little blurb here. Oh, uh, speaking of John Benjamin, uh... <laughs> Oh wait, no, I got him confused with John Glazer. Never mind. Oh okay. Are they? Do they do something together? They do. Yeah, they do. The they do. Um, the uh, forget about it, dudes. Uh. <clears throat> you ever seen that bit? No. Oh, it's great. It's amazing. They, they did a show together called Midnight Pajama Jam years ago. That was uh, a live show I went to, and I was one of two people in the audience. And they still did the whole show. And Eugene Merman passed going off track. Wow. Guest was was the guest. It was like a talk show where John Glazer did two puppets, uh, Krusty and, and Mr. Fowler's, and it was like a bird and a and a uh, octopus. So he, had, so he would just sit up there with the mic, talking to the mic, but he would hold the puppets up next to the mics and just pretend <laughs> to talk, but that was the extent of the puppetry. It was really fucking That's fun. That's crazy. My sister's shooting a movie with John Glazer now. Really? She posted a photo of them together late, yesterday, and it's a photo of them, and then it says, if I hear any more about delocated, I'm going to delocate my head. <laughs> <laughs> and it's her making this face. It, was, it made me laugh so hard. But uh, she, her project is not needing any promotion from us. <laughs> did, you, did you ever see um, uh, John Glazer's bit when he was on Letterman Wrist Hulk? No, but you've told me about it. It's where he, his, He's so funny, man. His, his wrist turns into the Hulk. <laughs> and it's just his wrist, and it'll just blow up green. The book that, did you see that book he did? Mm-mm. Uh, it's, it's about like fake letters to bands. It's really cool. Someone gave it to me, and uh, it's like 
it's really hard to explain. It's like all these lost letters, to, like from band members to each other, like fighting about like the name of like the Beatle, like all this weird. It's like this really like but they're real or not? No, they're real. all fake. Oh my god! But it's super nerdy, like really inside music right, jokes. Right. You guys would probably actually be really into it. We should get him in here. So I don't remember what it's called, but you should. Look it up. Look it up. Check out John Glazer. Check out John Glazer. And, and Christy Caracas's yeah, uh, adult swim program, Super Jail. Good peeps. If you like us, go to our website, goingofftrack.com. There's a donate button. You can do that. Um, we do not take Bitcoin. You don't. <laughs> please stop. Overstock.com does. We please, should. Please stop asking us. We don't take it. I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> follow us on Twitter. Uh, if you want to send us a missive, send us to uh, facebook.com slash goingofftrack. We're going to get some nice emails from people. I like it when people suggest people to come on the show, and it's always Chuck Reagan. People always put dude, Chuck Reagan on, which we is We almost great. got him last time, man. Chuck is a, a very busy dude when he's here because he's always like, Doing revival tour, giving doing away like, shoes. Do, yeah, he's a. But I'm confident we'll get Chuck on this year. He's going to be on a live show. It's gonna, we're going to do a live episode all Chuck Reagan. Yeah. Also, head down to Fest in October, November. You can see United Nations play with Hot Water Music. Woo! The well, same same festival, Dream different different days probably. Probably we'll play at the same time and I'll miss him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what else? that's it. That's it. I think. All right, and the Goops reunion. See you next week. <laughs> So, we're on our way to Space Fair. When a distress locator came in from Jared's Escape to Me pod. Stupid aliens. Alice, I'm with Bruce now. Where's Jared? But we're open to adventures. Gross. Where's Jared? The concert starts in 30 minutes. Let's drop these dinks off and go. Setting coordinates. Destination, Super Joe. Where's Jared? Uh, let me think. He's dead. What? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.